0: Big Show Hour 4, a little late start here, but here we are. I'm Patrick Damaga, GVP with me as well. Ben Kochuk in the other room uh, as well. Uh, and We go down that Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. And I am uh, happy to be joined by Matt Baker, Manager of Communications and Content for the BC Lions, as the Lions uh, will welcome the Calgary Stampeders to VC Place, on Saturday for a 5 p.m. kickoff. Matt, how are we doing this morning?
1: Patrick, uh, excellent. Uh, Great to be here.
0: No, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Before we get into the Lions and Stamps, uh, how about that game last night? Elks, uh, 22 straight now. uh, Losses at home. They blew a 22-point lead to Winnipeg. But in the end, Trey Ford looked all right. But just a thought on this Elks organization right now.
1: Yeah, uh, start with Trey Ford. And yeah, that's that really had the potential to kind of be uh the feel good story uh, of the week. Yeah. Even if it even if it looked like they were kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, limiting his his game plan. Mm-hmm. I mean they went run heavy off the start as you guys saw. Yep. Um but um and yeah, so like everyone else, is this the night? Twenty two nothing, but it's still the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on that other side, mm-hmm. and as you saw, they didn't skip a beat without uh, Zach Caleros. Um, that's a that's been that's a balanced team, right? It's not just the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's what championship teams are uh, able to do. They overcome those situations. As for the Elks, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's tough. It's not great for the league, no. right? Um, and feel bad because there's a lot of great people working there, you know, Mm -hmm. talking, you know, management and marketing communications, the people, the people that do what we do. Uh, it's easy, it's easy to make good of it when your team is winning. But, so I sympathize with those people, you know, those people are are there every day and trying to sell the team, uh, trying to sell, uh, what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I I don't know what the solution is, honestly. Um, over 9 and yeah obviously it could be an interesting off season there but yeah i i think you know give Trey Ford a couple more weeks and mm-hmm. Um, it that feels, could potentially yeah. turn into be a good second half story. for
0: Yeah, him. yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was just saying, it feels like they've been getting closer and closer to finally getting over that hump. But uh, yeah, like it's, I can imagine the frustrations, and, and I feel for that fan base. And as much as we here in Calgary love to poke uh, poke fun at Edmonton and give them all the raz, it, it's it, you never want to see a, a team like this, especially a team like that. Uh, how proud they were for thirty plus years of that playoff streak. But yeah, enough on the Elks. Let's talk about your bunch, uh, the BC Lions. Uh, they'll be the Stamps' opponent tomorrow evening. And uh, Vernon Adams sounds like he's good to go. Uh, returns to action. He had his way with the Stampeders back in Week One. Uh, just uh, talk about uh, Adams' impact being back with this offense.
1: Yeah, obviously that's going uh, to be huge, and you know the timing is impeccable with with Dane Evans looking like he'll have to he he won't be dressed uh, for at least a week yeah. maybe two but we'll see and uh yeah this uh this is going to give the offense the boost that it needs and you know despite uh, a rough outing in Toronto week 3 with the interception mm-hmm. i mean this this was a guy who was basically in the top 2 top 3 of of all the major passing categories before he went down right up there with with Mr. Calera. Mm-hmm. so uh, the thing about Vernon Adams Jr. And, and I've said this, you know, maybe even on this station, but certainly a few times. Not easy situation coming in middle of last year with everything Nathan Rourke was doing, mm-hmm. you know, setting the league on fire. But he came in and he immediately commanded the respect of that locker room. Uh, you know, Vernon's ability as a quarterback I think speaks for itself. But just the, his entire impact on the locker room and the organization. You know, he's a great teammate. The great quarterbacks are also great professionals in this league, like some of these others we're talking about. But, yeah, uh, that comes at a right time. Uh, Looked good in practice this week, had the knee brace on, but he doesn't think it'll affect his mobility that much, which is important. And um, that'll give the offense uh, the boost, uh, we sure hope.
0: I think we we were all aware that like when Vernon Adams is healthy and he's given the the pocket, the clean pocket and the players around him, he can be he can excel at this league. Was it a bit of a surprise that maybe Adams took over so quickly and so well uh replacing a guy like Nathan Rourke that the offense didn't seem like it missed a beat?
1: Yeah, I don't think so and I think that just speaks volumes to the type of guy he is. That yeah. playbook, that offense wasn't necessarily catered to him and And you're seeing them reap the benefits of it now. I mean, uh, offensive coordinator Jordan Maximik and him uh, were in constant uh, communication contact all through the offseason. Vernon hosted a bunch of the players, a lot of the receivers and the skill players, down at his place in Tacoma, Washington. Before camp, had a little OTA kind of thing, and there was some, some bonding activities. That, again, just speaks to just how all-in he is and how he's embracing having the keys to this franchise so when you look at uh, we see it in here every day you know he's it's cliche but first one in last to leave constant constant communication with uh, the quarterbacks in that room not just when they're on the practice field so when you talk about all that uh, I can't say I'm totally surprised with with how well he's done nine and three overall as a starter coming in uh, as a lion to this game uh
0: yeah exactly uh the the defensive uh, side of things it was uh it was it was maybe a little bit of a surprise it Seemed like maybe maybe not so much a surprise that Winnipeg was able to do that but maybe that the response maybe wasn't there, but like how 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 big like it was the seven big plays that really stuck out? And I'm sure defensive coordinator and, and former defensive back Ryan Phillips was not happy uh, this week, but I'm sure he's got those boys ready to to get ready for this this stamps uh, receiving core that has some bodies in it. Obviously, Jake Mayer has got the uh, the ability to throw for 450 yards plus in this in this league as well. But like, how's that defensive uh, secondary looking after they got kind of uh, blitzed there? Again? Against the bombers last week.
1: Yeah, let's be honest. They weren't going to be on uh, the shutout page. No, no, ball. no. So, like uh, <laughs> but some of those, uh, even some of those other numbers uh, were staggering. I think it was, I think it was five touchdowns in in ninety nine series going yeah. into that game, and um, that you know, looking at the backdrop of that game, that kind of had the recipe uh, to go wrong. I mean, Winnipeg coming off the bye. Uh, obviously they were angry over the last meeting there in week 3 yeah you know as you should be I mean they had they wanted to prove that that wasn't them and it sets up an interesting third meeting here in October but a lot of football to go before we can start talking yeah. about that but this is a proud group you know it starts with Ryan Phillips um the good units the good teams they they emulate what their coaches preach them and um I know that was a that was a shot to to a few of the guys' egos, as it should be. So um, they're going to be fired up. Uh, you know, they have the template. They know what it they, – they've you just looked no further than the playoff game last year where they had some success against Jake Mayer. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, Jake's a guy who likes to get the ball out quick, and they're going to have to exploit that. I mean, uh, they're going to have to bring the pass rush. They're going to have to get back to uh, dictating the play at the line of scrimmage and – Take a bit of a pressure off of the guys in the secondary, and um you know i I don't care what calgary's record is mm-hmm. uh these two teams always play it tough, yeah, a couple games down to the wire there in Calgary last year, and uh even that week, one game at McMahon, I think that was closer than the score indicated, yeah, it way. was yeah that was that was a one score game going uh, midway through the fourth quarter, yep. so um and you know calgary proved firsthand that uh, they can ground and pound it so plugging those holes stopping the run and limiting jake mayer's downfield ability i think will be the major key to success but no doubt uh no doubt this unit wants to prove that last week was not who they were
0: and one of those guys that is going to be relied on a lot will be matthew betts uh talk about this game disruptor he's uh his 10 sacks lead the way uh he was a, you know, a top pick in this draft by the Elks, finds his way to BC last year. He worked out with the Jaguars in the off-season. This is this guy is a star at this position and the Bombers did a really good job on him last week. But just like talk about just his game and how he's taken over uh at, at the defensive end position and now it is uh, his fifth year in the league, I believe.
1: Yeah, and and I'll admit uh when this team signed him last year, I knew of him. Like I I remember the talk of him uh, in his draft year and and all the combine testing and everything I, I I knew of him, yeah. And but I I did not uh, I did not anticipate this guy being on pace to break Brent Johnson's <laughs> records. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, you know, last couple games he hasn't had a sack, so you know he's itching to get at it. And I think um, don't just want to single out bets, but I think a big. I think a big reason for this defensive success is you have a bunch of guys who have are now with this team been playing together for two, three years. Rick Campbell will tell you in 2021, they made a decision to go young, coaches, players, coming off uh, a year of no football. And they wouldn't have admitted it at the time, but it was probably a case of, okay, do we have to sacrifice a couple of wins in year one so we can get better in year two, three, keep growing, keep getting better. Maybe that was part of the plan. But, um, you know, as you're seeing with bets and as you have seen in the first half of this year, um, you know, I don't always like talking about the ratio, but you have an impactful Canadian yep. at that position. It yep. also sets you up <laughs> in other areas exactly. of your lineup. I mean, this team's only starting two Canadians on defense, so... You know, you have to rely on those positions on the offensive line. And yep. there's a couple of Canadian receivers who have stepped up uh, due to the injuries that have taken place. But yeah, Betts is a guy, uh, last thing with him is he's a high motor guy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's evident when you're watching and watching the film. And um, he's going to be a major key to this again, uh, getting back in the wind column. <laughs>
0: We're talking with Matt Baker, uh, manager of communications and content for the BC Lions. Uh Omar Doman, Uh the impact that he's had on the game in Vancouver since buying the team has been massive. The crowd the BC place is, is filled again. I love the pregame parties, the concerts. It, it's it's really making it a ticket to go see these guys in Vancouver. And I know it's it's a it's a diluted market, and it's got the white caps in it. It's got more things to do in it. So the Lions. Really had to step up. Just talk about Amar our, um, our Dome and, and and what he's meant to this uh, organization and, and keeping football alive in the lower mainland.
1: Yeah, brilliant. It's uh, what you see is what you get with Amar. Yeah. And for years and years, and we were wondering what was ha- going to happen uh, in terms of ownership and a sale. The, the constant thing you kept hearing from people is you have to have someone who's A, local. Yep. This is no disrespect to what we had because. Mr. Braley did wonders for the entire Canadian Football League. But toward the end, it was evident, um, local and someone who's willing to give back to the community. And, um, you know, this is a guy who you've seen it firsthand. He's, <laughs> he's willing to open the checkbook. Yep. He's not going to worry about possible losses and what things might cost. And um, the toughest thing about this market is the demographics specifically downtown have changed considerably yeah so people living near bc place pl- living close to downtown aren't necessarily people who grew up with canadian football so mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing a larger presence i mean we have a mobile trailer and we go out uh, we go out to Kitts beach for instance we've done events at the vancouver art gallery having a presence downtown which is where he- he's located when he's in town, his his central business is located there, Future Corporation. So
2: mm-hmm. he
1: knows you have to make an impact in the community. So, yeah, what you see is what you get, and certainly has been outstanding for this franchise. He was a longtime financial backer of the team. He was, um, I think, part of the Water Boys group, but some of those guys going into our Wall of Fame with Wally Buono here on yes. Saturday. So. Yes. He knew he knew what the club needed in order for to have long term success and uh, so far he's delivered it's just a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, it's good to see. And I I think, you know, the three big markets in this league, you think Vancouver, you think Toronto, you think Montreal. And, and Vancouver's really turned that. I mean, Toronto, you hope you can see something coming down the line. I mean, it's a good group. And then Montreal, I mean, we've seen kind of a little rebirth there with their new ownership as well. So keeping these top three big markets key in this league is huge. And seeing Vancouver uh, blossom up again is always, always Good to see. And I you, you mentioned Wally Buono there. He's being inducted into the Wall of Fame uh, against, uh, on Saturday against, you know, his other former team that uh he did a lot of good for. So both cities owe a ton to Wally. Just chat about what it's going to mean. Absolutely. Yeah, just going to chat about what it means for those fans to see Wally, because I'm sure there's, there's a ton of Lions hardcores that were there when Wally left Calgary, went to Vancouver and brought Grey Cup success there.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's funny, we host a radio show every Tuesday night, uh, BC Lions on tap, and we go to a different uh, establishment here in Greater Vancouver, okay, cool. and the idea is to get a crowd, get people to come watch, and give tickets away, and we had Wally come join us on location this week, and um, he still has quite the fan club. Of course. Was, <laughs> a lot of people showing up for, I, I probably took about you know 18 pictures of people with their phones, and... Yeah, he's just the type of guy. He shows up, and people just flock toward him and gravitate toward him. And and you said it there. Um, without Wally Wano, who knows
2: mm-hmm. where
1: this franchise uh, is for a fifteen, sixteen-year period? And um, yeah, we owe a little of debt, debt of gratitude to the former Stampeder's owners for deciding they <laughs> didn't want him. Yeah, <laughs> a whole other story for another day. Yeah, but it's uh, it's all part of. Um, it's all part of his. Uh, his persona and it's all part of his story, but yeah, it's, it's definitely well-earned. Um, you know, he's still very much involved. I mean, you mentioned Amar, he, he's he usually comes to the games and says hi to Amar. He's still very invested, even if he sort of says he's happily retired, you know, he's watching, you know, he's <laughs> taking notes, but um, Wally's outstanding as a lot of you guys uh, mm-hmm. and your listeners certainly know,
0: yeah, the Stamps will be having their own Legacy Night uh, next Friday against the Bombers. They'll be honoring their '98 Grey Cup team. So hopefully, Wally can make an appearance there, and uh, and we'll have. I know both teams. They have a lot of connections. We have obviously the uh, Stamps head coach Dave Dickinson won a Grey Cups as quarterback of the BC Lions, and and whatnot as well. So there's a ton of connections between these two organizations. Can't wait for uh, tomorrow night. Uh, one more thing on, you on uh, before I let you go there, Matt. How is the, the game in Vancouver? Like, I always looked at the lower mainland as a, as a great spot for Canadian talent through like, the CGAFL, uh, through, like, their, through their junior leagues out there in the high school game. How is the game growing still out there?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know we obviously have very close ties uh, with junior football, the BC yep. Football Conference, and uh, you know the Langley Rams have have built some success. The Okanagan Suns, yes. uh, another contender there. Both of those teams have been in contention for the Canadian Bowl, and yeah, I think um, you know every year every year at training camp you get those territorial exemptions, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think the talent there has grown year by year. Javon Katoy. Lions receiver as yep. an example was playing junior there in Calgary. Moved here to Langley, and he's been a starting lion now for this is his third season, fourth season, I think mm-hmm. it is. So, yeah, the game um, the game is growing. Uh, certainly not without challenges. Uh, you guys all know mm-hmm. the whole Simon Fraser situation, yes. and and hopefully that gets resolved if it's a one year hiatus or whatever. But um, you know, I think you're seeing. Um, you know, we we support BC high school football and each year it's, it's kind of a treat to see just how some, uh, some of the talent there is utilized. So yeah, I'd say it keeps getting better and better and, and that's just sports in general. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you see, uh, you see hockey players uh, playing for these academies. Now, you know, that's, that's where they get started. Yeah. Uh, you know, BC has always had a strong baseball uh, development oh, yeah. system. You look Our at all the, the British Columbians who have gone on to great things in the major leagues mm-hmm. I say football's right in there. Um, you know, the game is strong. And again, it gets back to what, what Amar Doman has done, you know, having more of a presence at flag football, yep. minor football. Cause you know, the, the NFL's marketing here too, right? Oh, hundred hundred percent. Seahawks aren't as, far away. As they should be. <laughs> as they should be. Yeah. Yep. Two, two and a half hours to go down yep. to a Seahawk game. And which is fine. I enjoy both. I, I, I'm a 49er fan, so oh, I go yeah, down once a year if schedule permits. And, and, yeah, you can enjoy it. Football's a great game. And um, I think it's good having some competition in that way. And But, uh, yeah, the game at the grassroots level has to stay strong to, to ensure all of our success.
0: Well, Amar's doing a great job. I love seeing what the, the Lions are doing. And uh, all the best uh, the rest of the year. And uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night. We'll do this again soon, buddy.
1: Hey, my pleasure. Anytime, Patrick.
0: There you go. There's Matt Baker. He's the manager of communications and content for the BC Lions. Stampeders and Lions will do battle tomorrow night. BC Place, 5 p.m. start. Wally Buono being inducted into the Wall of Fame there at BC Place. Should be a good one. We'll have depth charts later on today. And I will join Logo and Aaron Vickers at around 2.30 today to talk a little preview of this game. Uh, for tomorrow night. And of course, Matt joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. Uh, what's on tonight? 5 p.m. start uh, for the Cubs and Blue Jays. It'll be Javier Assad for the Cubbies up against Jose Barrios. Uh, no TV for this one. It's an Apple TV start, so if you got the Apple subscription, you can watch it. But if not, you can listen to it right here on Sportsnet. 960 The Fan. Uh, Around the corner, we'll uh, replay our conversation with Luke Gazdek. Luke was at the Battle of Alberta Golf Tournament up in Red Deer, Uh, who he played against, uh, how much he went for, and what else is happening around the NHL in this uh, offseason as we get closer and closer to training camps opening up uh, in the middle of next month. Uh, That's Around the Corner. Keep it locked right here. Big Show, Hour 4, here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.